0: All right, welcome to today's show. The Blessed Podcast is back. This week is a very special episode. It's a dear friend of mine. We're going to shift gears a bit and liven up the conversation. I'm joined by a dear friend, my tattoo artist from Northern England, Richard Beatty. Welcome to the show, bro. It's good to have you.
1: Well, yes, <laughs> you yeah.
0: Today's gonna be a fun episode. (laughs) I can guarantee that. So, Rich and I met how many years ago? Three years? Four years? Somewhere
1: like that? I think it's four now. Yeah. Times beaten by. I,
0: I I I pride good art in tattoo, and I always like I my two sleeves are done because of Rich, and it's it's incredible work. We met because I found this photo online from this tattoo artist and I went up to almost to Scotland. I'm like literally, you're like five miles away from Scotland
1: right? or something Nine yeah, like miles, I think it is yeah. Yeah,
0: so we're right on the border. Went all the way out there to meet this guy that I thought was rich and then only to find out that it wasn't rich, it was actually Rich's apprentice. And that I ended up booking this tattoo with the master himself. So we ended up like, first I was a little bit bummed out, you know, but then when I found out who I was getting, I was like, cool, I'll make the best of it. And it, I remember it was just so funny. Like, we looked at each other after we heard a little bit of each other's stories and like my travels and what I've been doing and everything like that. And you were just like, I attracted you here as much as you attracted me here. And this is a co creation <laughs> that we're <here laughs> on the law of attraction. And I was like, yeah. Great, let's run with that. (laughs) And we ended up going and sitting down for like three, four hours, probably like the half of the day. And we mapped out a design on my hand and we sat down there and I got inked. And in that process of getting inked, we were able to discuss everything under the sun on from starting from the secret. Right. Because I think back then you used to sit down with your clients and used to play the secret. Yeah,
1: yeah, I used to put it on for in-flight entertainment.
0: In-flight entertainment. So tell me a little bit about your background. Let's back it up a second before we go into
1: all of that. Well, first of all, I'd like to say that uh, I think when I said to you that there was alignment and attraction when we met, I think that has been proved over and over and over again.
0: Totally. Uh, Totally. Totally. so many synchronicities have happened
1: yeah yeah definitely it's it's um but yeah so uh, where did it start for me so um i've been kind of i call it hyper creative ever since i was a kid um I, I started doing three-dimensional drawings when i was four years old i started tattooing when i was 11 made my first tattooing machine when I was 12, got kicked out of school for tattooing, failed my art exams, well, failed all my exams actually, um, school didn't like me, I didn't like school and um, I was kind of destined to be a failure to be honest with you as far as the the schooling system was concerned, you know, the um, that's basically uh, how, how they laid it out for us but I had this vision that I wanted to be a car designer you know all I did was draw cars um, right the way through my my school life and cars and spaceships and um, towards the latter stage like tattoos and stuff as well um, and yeah so I wanted to be a car designer and everybody said I couldn't do it but by the time I was 19 I'd designed the car and I really wanted to build it I'd designed the chassis and everything and the suspension system and it was really quite unique. I wanted to build it, so I got a welder because uh, I didn't know to weld. I knew I needed to learn how to weld. I got a welder, I got a garage, and I got an old car and started learning to weld on that. And then um, people started coming in the garage asking us to fix the cars. And a year went by, and I got really good at welding. And um, then, I, then I started building custom cars. And you know, I just said, look, I want to do what I want to do to your car instead of fixing your car and at that point it was a very definite decision you know i put my foot down and one of the next customers that came through the door asked for it damaged his front bumper and uh, i said right well i want to do a custom front end on your car seeing as it's damaged anyway and he says yeah go on then and that led on to us doing the full car and that led on to a seven page feature the car getting you know a seven page feature in wow. total box magazine so that started uh, well yeah there was a there was a year of learning new skills of like custom fabrication and making body kits out of all sorts of bits and pieces fiberglassing. so i had to you know whole new learn a whole new skill set um and yeah then i, I went on to was involved in two best of britain builds both on the paintwork side so it's the two cars that i worked on with the paintwork i one best in britain over the next uh, few years and yeah we were car shows every weekend and you know i was literally people were coming in and saying right with a with standard car and saying right and offering a huge amount of money to, to to design them a car now things went pear shape when the the recession started over yeah. i had a lot of customers that didn't have a lot of money but they were good for credit at the time all of a sudden they didn't have any money at all and i wasn't getting my bills paid so at around the same time my dad went uh, my dad got stomach cancer and uh he died from that i watched him like starve to death and then i went bankrupt with the business in fact i think i went bankrupt with the business and then my dad died i don't know it was all a bit of a blur to be honest with you wow so yeah that that was pretty tough and so For all that time, I've been working really, really hard, harder than anybody that I knew. Sometimes I would go to work, I would paint, do the custom paint work on the cars on the night time when everybody had gone, you know, all the staff had gone and everything. So I had peace and quiet. And quite often I'd spend like 10, 15 hours in the booths painting. So I'd come out and the sun was coming up. So I'd just turn around and go back in and go back to work. And so I was doing all day, all night, and all the next day. pressure to get these cars ready for the 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 shows was was immense you know wow Um, so yeah so so all that energy all that kind of work ethic that i had all of a sudden i didn't have anything to do with it you know there there was there was nowhere for that to go and i have really obviously my dad had just died as well so like i would lost everything um she's um, threw himself into
0: your work too
1: yeah, yeah. So I, I, I almost threw myself into beating myself up, really, you know? Wow. So, because I didn't have anything else to do. My mind was so used to being so active. I was used to being so physically active. Uh-huh. I think really almost self-destructive, you know? Like my, my thoughts, your thoughts create your feelings. And my my thoughts were, were, at the time, destroying us, you know? Where, back in my early days, they, they, they'd carried us right the way through to the point of achieving in fact it I went through the 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 depression side of it, and you know I, I was like a dribbling wreck couldn't leave the house if I was going to go out the house, no joke, I had to take a run up at the door. Wow, yeah, it was bad, um I really had to force myself out out the building, you know uh-huh. um but, so yeah that was that, that was a really bad time for us, but as i as I came to the end of it, and I, I don't know whether yeah, I know what. Well, I was in the kitchen and I was thinking, you know, you beat yourself up really badly. And you, you, you look at all the things that you did actually achieve instead of the things that you think you failed at. You know, look at the things that you, you, you managed to achieve. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I thought to myself, you know, you, you, you managed to become a car designer and everybody said that you wouldn't. and But that was the first time I'd realized I'd achieved it. I'd, I'd achieved it. Years previously, but I was too busy working my ass off and just doing what I do and having a whale. I I hadn't even realised I'd achieved my my childhood dream, you know. So at, at, at that point, I was I was in the kitchen and I'm looking at the wall and i painted the wall actually like that the kitchen <laughs> the missus still the kitchen I mean, the, the last it was at the time so i painted it bright orange at the top and cream at the bottom but i painted the orange so it looked like there was drips coming down like you know like running down and i put it all highlights and shadows and that it, looked, it literally looked like somebody had smeared marmalade across the top of the ceiling and it had all run down the walls anyway i was looking at this wall and uh, uh you know i'd realized that i'd achieved my childhood dream and i was looking at the wall and I thinking Hell did I do that? Like, because every said everybody said that I, I I couldn't do it. Everybody said that I couldn't do it. How did I do that? When against all the odds, I thought I was gonna be working for Ford. You know, when I was a kid, I thought I you know, I'm gonna be a car designer for Ford or something like that. I didn't think I was gonna do it by myself, but that's what I'd done. And at that point I realized it. And I was looking at the wall and well, I was looking at the sky, and I'm thinking, How fucking hell did I do that? And <laughs> I, 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 was, I was i was really like you know i really wanted to know because i really didn't know mm-hmm. um at the time and the next day somebody hand well, a friend handed us a, a dvd it was a secret no way. Uh, mm, now obviously there was all the answers to that how question that i'd asked the day before
0: so you knew uh, the secret before you knew the secret
1: yeah so so like i I realized that like how i'd created everything that i'd done up to up up to that point and also how i'd wrecked things as well and done things wrong you know i mean i was able to analyze it properly then Mm -hmm. before i was just beating myself up now i actually had some um you know a guideline to to to, to look back and say what was a good move and what was a bad move you know and and. You know, when you when you look back and learn from your mistakes, sort of thing. I think it's uh, one of the best lessons that you can can learn, like in it. So from that point, yeah, I watched the secret nine times in seven days. Obviously, I showed a couple of friends, and I said, "You got to check this out." And um, from there, uh, like the transformation, the life transformation was completely polar opposite. Because now I I knew I had a mechanism that I could use to recreate—well, not recreate, but like move forward and create, you know, other other stuff. So I I started intentionally using the systems in the 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 Secret and the Law of Attraction uh, to. What was it about the Secret that you?
0: thoughts that 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 made the shift come about that what, what was the, what was one of the moments so okay you've told me about the story you have told me about the journey you told me about the pain and the struggle that you went through but there had to have been like this point where things once you started implementing the secret mm-hmm. that something shifted yeah there's always a point
1: well i mean in the, in the in the secret f- The quote, "All you are, is the result of what you have thought." Mm. That was the biggie because I think a lot, you know, Mm. and that that was that 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 really was it. Because uh, I realized that your thoughts create your life. Everything that you are now, all you are is a result of what you thought. Everything you are is a result of the thoughts that you had in the past and the actions that you took based on those thoughts. Your health, your wealth, your family. Yeah, the clothes on your back the haircut, yeah, everything is a result of the thoughts that you had in the past and the actions you took based on them so everything in the future is going to be the result of the thoughts that you're having now right and really you got to be really careful what you're thinking of because I was able to look back and see how I'd created my childhood dream but I was also able to look back and see how I lost it mm. you know so I, I, and and I knew that wasn't really what I wanted anymore as well so I started to rebuild my life and redesign my life from that point and and intentionally create my environment, really. Another big change, in it didn't occur to us until understanding the secret. So something had happened like five years previously, maybe. I was driving down down the road and and a wagon went the other way and it was an Eddie Stobart wagon. And Eddie Stobart is a local company. It's from Carlisle. And I'm really proud of Betty Stavats. It's it's, it's it's amazing what they, they, they've achieved. So the wagon went the other way, and I thought, well, what an amazing company that is! You know, I thought I couldn't do that. You know, run a company like that—all them boxes, all them wagons, all them parcels, all them customers, all them bills, all them wages to pay, all that staff—I I, I couldn't do that. And I'm mean, here driving along, you know, on my way to work, yeah. and that—that uh, that was literally just a passing thought. And then the next thing I thought was. I don't know, whatever, something to do with cars. And, you know, five years, six years on, I'd, you know, learned about the secret and started to study it intensely and started to teach it, started to pass it on to people. And it wasn't, you know, like for another year of understanding it, all of a sudden I had a ping moment. Mm. I realized that I'd created a self limiting belief when I said that, when Mm. I said, I can't do that, right? And that that What's was the that new was, belief. Pardon? What's the new belief? Well, I realised I can do it. I, I realised. Oh, well,
0: no, like, okay, like you and I know each other, so like there was one that you used to say, "Everything I need is within my reach."
1: Yeah, yeah, that's another one of my favourites. <laughs> uh, so, like, it's this is a this is a really good one to adopt for everybody. It's so easy. Um, wow. Start to live your life from the point of view of everything that you need is within reach it doesn't matter whether it's a, a, a book or a car or a person or a holiday or a massage or or a pen or a bit of string you know so like if it's a bit of string right if you if you're looking for a bit of string and, and you you need to tie something up right so you're looking for a bit of string and you, you can't find one and you give up quite quickly because you know oh, i'm not going to find one or i'll you know do whatever but if, if you come from the point of view of everything that you need is within reach, then you keep looking. So that quote's then followed up by a secondary part. Everything you need is within reach, but finding is a luxury reserved for the seekers. Mm. You, you only find if you're looking. Like, you know, how else are you gonna find it? Right. You know so, so you've got to you've got to be looking. And believing that everything you, you, you need is within reach triggers something amazing. Because what happens is you don't find a bit of string, but you look down at your feet and you realize you've got a shoelace, you know, or you'll find a bit of wire. You'll find something that will do that job. Yeah. You know, it, it might not be what you want. often when the universe gets involved, what it delivers is better than what you were asking for. Mm. So, yeah, everything you need is within reach, but find is a luxury. Speakers,
0: so you started off from going to school, where everyone in the school said that you're not going to amount to anything, and by society's standards, you are a failure. Hmm. And now, if we fast forward today, how many businesses do you own?
1: I am honestly beginning to lose count. Um, <laughs> and yeah. it sounds a bit silly but it was it was like four but I've just like started a lot of new things just recently getting involved in the gym business with uh Charlie Charlie Shepherd, ex-world champion boxer um something that I never thought that I would do because I'm not a particularly sporty person uh, I believe that it's crazy running about after a football when you could be you know on a motorbike chasing it <laughs> you know it's, it's got an engine in it and i'm interested but like otherwise so i'm not very sporty i didn't expect that one at all but uh, well i could tell you how i created that as well to be honest with you um,
0: well we'll save that one uh, but, but yes but like you have that business you have the tattoo studio you have yeah, the, you... the the innovations which is your company that you create tattoo runs yeah um, what else is there i mean there's you just launched the media company as well too
1: yeah it's just uh, starting off we're also um setting up a, a an accounting business a bookkeeping business to just deal with uh mainly tattoo studios the tattoo industry just to help the the artists deal with something that they really don't like having to deal with you know and, and i've had to deal with it on quite a high yeah. level so i've got so staff there that found, can do it in the-
0: you found your niches And you found the areas that you knew you could dominate and everything became within your reach as a result of it. And it was literally you from going through this depression stage to flipping your life around from one belief system that you got in the secret about your thoughts, create your life and your actions. And then you Mm -hmm. added on to that. Everything I needed within my reach. And then you added on that bit about the seekers after that too. And that's literally your prime code now.
1: Well, pretty, pretty much, yeah. Um, obviously, um, as you know, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, that, that's been a, a, another biggie for us. But these are all fundamentals. That's, that's all they are. They're, they're just basic principles and basic laws um, laid out very clearly and it's what you do with them, you know. Right. It's it's how you use them. The 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 it's 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 universal. It's absolutely universal. The the formula that's that's laid out there can be applied to absolutely anything. And so everybody's different, you know, they use it for different different things and a lot of people just go straight for the money, don't they? And, um or some form of Success, but it, and and it, and it happens, you know. Like I've I've seen people generate massive amounts of money just from having a conversation with us. Mm. And like I've seen a guy go from fifteen thousand pounds a year. I tattooed him for three hours. He was on fifteen thousand pounds a year. I told I basically explained to him about the secret, told him my stories about it, told him to go and watch it. Six weeks later, he comes back. I said, how did you get on? He says, ah, fantastic. He says, I've got a, I've got a promotion. He says, what did you get promoted to? He says, uh, i got promoted to manager from, from supervisor. He says, well done. That's exactly what I would expect if, you know, someone's actually, you know, using this. He says, yeah, you, you, you can't, like, unsee this, you know. And he says, I didn't actually ask or do anything. He says, I just went to work with a completely different attitude. My boss seen it and promoted me. So I says, Well, you must have been hankering after a, a promotion anyway, and you just haven't said anything. you do not know, really a even to yourself. So I said, Right, well now you're now you're a manager at this concrete plant. I says you you, you need some managerial sort of higher level stuff now. So past him thinking, grow rich. So go and check that out. Six weeks later I see him again. I says, How are you getting on with your new job? He says, I'm not doing that anymore. I said, what happened? No, I, I did think that he got sacked or something, you know what I mean, like the way, the way he said it. And uh, he, says, he says, no, I got promoted. I says, you just got promoted? He says, yeah, I got promoted again. <laughs> he said, well, what did you get promoted to this time? He said, general manager, a you know, big smuggler, general manager. I says, general manager of what? He says, general manager of my boss's 15 businesses, is a retiring entrepreneur. And he's 76 years old, or something. He's got his sons running a couple of the businesses, but like there's a load left that haven't been touched in years. I says, Well, why did he do that? He says, Well, you showed us, first of all, you showed us a secret, and that just changed the way I was. And then he promoted us, and then you showed us the book, and I was able to make changes to the business that I wouldn't have been able to or dared to make do if. Yeah, I didn't. You know, I hadn't read that and knew that that decision was right. And he says he, one of the decisions uh, that one of the changes that he made saved the company over a hundred thousand pounds a year. Just one of them. Mm. So the boss pulled him into the office and says, "Right, I want you to do that to every single one of my businesses." He says, "I hey, haven't got a clear what you've just done, but I want you to do it to all of them." And he promoted him from uh manager to general manager, and he went from fifteen thousand pounds a year to twenty five thousand pounds a year. And from £25,000 a year straight up to £100,000 a year in wow. 12 weeks. Wow. Working for the same company. Yeah. yeah. Now, then, the, 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 there's a, like an end story to that as well. <laughs> the job was a bit too much pressure. And, you know, it, it was a lot of pressure for him. So he cut his hours by half and his money by half, bought his dream house and set up his own business. He's wow. as happy as life. And, you know, he's getting, to, he's, he's getting, good wage he's getting he's, he's been he's got a really creative joinery business and uh yeah he's doing, he's doing fantastic so you know when i see this when i see this happen to people and and it's 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 inspirational do you know what i mean it's like winding up a, a little clockwork mouse and just watching it go because i can just sit and tattoo someone for three hours and completely change their life if they listen to us. Mm. so yeah it's good fun
0: it's interesting to me, right? Because nothing you said so far. I mean, yeah, he had monetary increase. He went from $15,000 to 100000 to now owning his dream house and doing his dream business and everything like that. But it never was about the money. Even with you, it was never about the money. It was about the shift in psychology as the way you operate in the world and your views on how you interact with the world and your belief systems and it's not just positive thinking there's more to it right like
1: Absolutely. yeah yeah people, people going about positive thinking and that and yeah it's very superficial it's it goes way deeper than that to become anything in life you've got to be it first you you, you can't become for instance i'll use charlie as an example you cannot become a world champion boxer unless you are doing the things that a world champion boxer does you've got to be that person every day even if you you're not them you know you've got to live that life you you you, you've got to train like a world champion or else you'll never become a world champion you know so um I, th- I think that, yeah, it, it, it is about the, the journey and how you do it along the way. You know, it ain't what you do, it's the way that you do it. So you can put out as many positive thoughts as you want if you, if it's not uh, a deep internal feeling, if it's not attached by genuine feelings, not lies. People are so good at lying to themselves. Uh, I mean, I mean it's, a, well, it's a huge problem, you know. that you think I'm fat in this? And, made, you know, the X Factor Syndrome, I, I call it the X Factor Syndrome. You know, people who go on the X Factor, you've seen the X Factor, obviously. Yeah? Half of them, you know, are, are pretty crap, Eh. Now, I know they put them on for entertainment value, but those people on the stage that are out of tune and whatnot, they think that they're great. You know, they've got this belief, and it's because people tell them that they're good and they don't tell them that they're, you know, make that shit, you know. And they continue on believing this, you know. So even if, like, you shit at something, you can believe it. You know that, that, that you're good, um, and people telling you that obviously, obviously helps. And the same on the other side, when people are telling you that you're not good at something and putting you down, and then you believe that as well. And it, it so like how people in, influenced off other people creates feelings and often often a, a false belief.
0: So this is and, great. This is all great to talk about. But in action, people that are stuck, people that are so far down the rabbit hole and they might have genuine issues going on in their life right now. You know, like, like you said, like you were dealing with the loss of your father, you were dealing with the loss of your businesses and doing all these different things. And, you know, but like when you're in those moments, what's something that they should remind themselves on how to pull themselves out?
1: well it's it's gratitude every single time mm. um the, the the people really aren't grateful even if they say that they are like the, the, you'll say to someone like, like someone who's feeling bad about something right your thoughts create your feelings one hundred percent you're never gonna get away from this you, you, you your thoughts one hundred percent create your feelings so if you're feeling bad, you're thinking bad about something. If you're feeling good, you're thinking good about something. It, it, the way you think creates your feelings. That's the first point to like really observe. And observe is the word of you because um, most people don't think they observe. This came from Bob Proctor, but I don't know who it was that said it. Uh, a wise man once said, if people said what they were thinking, they wouldn't say anything at all because most people are observing, not thinking. Thinking is in the realms of the unseen. Same as art. The creation of art is in the realms of the unseen. You you cannot copy something and call it art. It's it's not not creative art. It's using artistic techniques to reproduce something, but there's no creation. All creation is in the realms of the unseen, and all thought is in the realms of the unseen. If you're looking at something and thinking about it, then it's actually observation, not thinking, right? So people are just looking at the things that they don't like and want in life and thinking, you know, about that. They put a lot of energy into that. And then they look at the things that they want in life and they observe that too. They observe the fact that they haven't got them. So so thinking, observing... Casting your thoughts to the things that you don't want, that you don't enjoy, that you don't like, is going to make you feel like shit because your thoughts create your feelings. So what you're thinking about is a choice. You can choose whether to think about why the clouds are white or you can choose to think why someone's just crashed into the back of your car. It could very well be that you were sat looking at the fucking clouds. (laughs) I don't know. But you know what I'm saying is, you can focus on negative things and you can focus on positive things. There's every everybody's got something positive in the life that you know that's going on. The the air that you breathe, the eyes that you see with, hands that you touch with, you know all sorts of things. Your family, your kids. You, you can go on and on and on and on and on. I live down the road from a biscuit factory. You know this. If <laughs> you smell, if you smell. Wow, the, the smell from that biscuit factory is amazing. Some days, and I just think, wow, man, thank you for living in Carlisle. You know what I mean? It's, it's an awesome smell to smell. You know, but there's flowers everywhere. Not everybody's got a biscuit factory, but there's you know there's flowers, and there's all sorts of amazing things that you. And if you stand and well, just spend your time thinking about that. Guess what? You'll you'll realise that you're not depressed. Depression, in in my view, is just lazy thinking. It's observing things that you don't want because it's kind of easier than to sit there and fantasize. If you haven't, if you really can't think of anything that you, 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 you know, that you've got that you can be grateful for, and here's the key to creation: think about something that you haven't got, visualize having that, get excited about it. Like I did when I was a kid, when I wanted to be a car designer, I, I wasn't having people telling us I couldn't, even though the people told us that I couldn't. I didn't care, you know. I just stayed focused on my, my dream of being coming at, you know, designing cars. So I drew, you know, constantly. And I never never gave up on that. Now, how could I see that happening? I couldn't. I, I just stayed focused on doing that. And I put the work in. I was being a car designer before I came one, became one. So if you've got a mission in life, that's 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 an expert key you've got to stop looking at the shit right start being grateful for the good stuff and making a point of it right don't just say oh yeah i'm grateful spend the time and think about the things that you're grateful for and dwell on it meditate on it feel the feelings of gratitude you've got to feel it because if none of this is emotionalized then none of this works it's a fucking lie if it if if, if it's if, if it's not emotionalized you are lying to yourself and to everybody else. If you're posting on Facebook or on positive, and then you're you're, you're not you're not actually being grateful for the. You don't deserve any more if you're not grateful for what you've got. So gratitude is massive. And then being grateful for your visions. So like, I want to be a car designer. You know, and you get excited about it, and like 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 you are a car designer, and you live that life, and you get so happy about it, and you're so grateful about it, and then all of a sudden you become a car designer. You've got to be grateful for the things that you haven't got that you want. Because if you if you when you visualize them and you're grateful for those, and then come out of that and write a plan on how you're going to achieve it. Even if you don't know how, how to do it, just start writing a plan. Now i tell you there's a good top tip on how to write a plan on how to achieve something, doesn't matter what it is. Visualise yourself having achieved it to go there, right? Imagine whatever it is and then stand there, turn around, look back and work out how the fucking hell you got there because the path that was nearest to you in that winning position will be very, very clear. You'll be able to see what you just did the last few weeks to achieve that. You know, the, the, the deals that came off the opportunities that this must have happened. It's easier to work something out sometimes by looking backwards from the achieved point of view than it is looking forwards from that i haven't got a clue what to do point of view so anyway write your plan visualize visualize your goal your dream big small whatever be grateful for it feel the feelings write a plan on how you're going to achieve it and then act on that plan that's all you've got to do and just don't give up you know and that'll drag any that dragged me out of depression you know i think that like another thing i'd say as well like if you're going to hit the bottom you know if you're depressed and you're feeling shit and things are falling down around you in in life and that and you're aware of it you know i mean sometimes people just don't give a shit and they maybe just drink themselves to oblivion or whatever but when people are really aware of it you know you're going to hit the bottom so it's up to you when it's your decision where the bottom is you can say it's today you know, or I'll leave it till next week till it gets a bit worse. But it's a decision. As soon as things get so bad that you change your actions, it's the only time that it'll change. And it's just a decision, and that's just a thought. All you are is a result of what you've thought. So if you decide to change your life, guess what? If you then make a plan on how you're going to change your life, and then act on that plan, you will change your life. It's as simple as that. Mm. Vision, decision, action. And that's really all I've done. I've I've just allowed myself to dream like a child and followed that. Another quote, follow your bliss and doors will open where there were only walls. Mm. That is just so true. Do what you love doing. Don't do what you don't love doing. Do what you love doing. All right, you might have to do some things that you don't love love doing. You You might have to go to work or whatever, but when you're not at work, do things that you love doing and that will open up new doors to a whole other things that you discover that you didn't even know you love to do but now you love to do them as well and you can move on and sometimes the things that you love to do you don't love to do them anymore you're kind of bored of them and you've done that you you move on to the next level up not down you know um i want to
0: i want to touch on that for a minute too because and that was just sure gold by the way like People need to stop, rewind, and listen to that whole thing again, because everything you just said there was just spitting fire. Like, that was just on point. And I want to say, like, let's talk about vision, right? Like, when I started off as as a photographer, and I love doing photography, and I said, you know what, I'm going to go travel the world and just take awesome photos and document my journey. And I did that and I had this experience and that was me after I had started shifting my belief system, after I went through my own hell and lost everything and had to restart my life. And I said, you know what? This is what I want to do now. My passion is art. My passion is photography. I went traveling. But then I noticed I have bigger goals and I have bigger things that I want to do. And I know photography was not the vehicle that was going to get me there and now it was like this internal conflict that i had to go through at one point where it was like well i'm very good at this but this is not going to net me the amount of let's say for example the multi multi millions of dollars that i have to create other projects in the world or something or i might have to you know in, i have to innovate myself to match my new identity that keeps on growing and keeps on building which is i think is like phase 2 of this whole thing right so I want to ask you then off of like vision, like how to get really clear on your vision on what it is people actually want, what it is do they deserve? Because I think self-worth ties into this a lot too, because in the beginning, your vision is so small. When you're depressed and you're now practicing gratitude and you're getting out of that, you're like anything a little bit better than this, I'm grateful for, you know, but then you get out of that, and then it's like, okay, well, I think I can go a little bit bigger now, and you keep expanding. So, why don't you touch on that for a second? Right,
1: eighty percent of people, and, and it could be higher, but I've interviewed a huge percentage of my clients. Obviously, I sit there for many hours with my clients and uh, speak about their goals and dreams and see what I can do to help them out in their life. You know, while while I'm tattooing them, but. I've realised that most people haven't got a clue what they want. And it is a huge percentage. And it's, it's, it's quite intense because when you ask someone what they want, they'll, they'll, they'll say, if, if they, some of them just haven't got a clue, oh, I don't know, these are the really depressed ones. Eh? And then, then you'll get the ones that are like, uh, medium depressed and they'll say, oh, I just want to be happy. Well, that's a, that's a default answer. Uh, basically what it means is I haven't got a fucking clue what I want. Um, what makes you happy? So th- that's the next question. What makes you happy? And they'll say, I do not know. How is this person ever going to be happy? Right. All they want is to be happy, but they don't know what it is that's going to make them happy. This is absolute insanity. Um, so a few people might have half a clue what they want. You know, they'll say, oh, I want to be rich and stuff like that. And say, well, how are you going to do it? And then again, you're stumped with the, I don't know sort of things. So you never get past like kind of a two level answer on this one really. Um no one really knows what they they want to do and it's it is really important and I can understand that a lot of people um haven't been blessed like I have with uh certain talents, um mental ability, my my hyper creativity, that, that that's that's that, that's what I think my my superpower is, you know, that's uh, but yeah. and I, I, I mean think that people don't know where
0: the yeah. Want- I no, saying, everyone in your little town, you as uh, as like the local madman, you know, like oh, crazy rich. <laughs> 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 if you listen to him,
1: you'd be as <laughs> successful as he is. I don't know, <laughs> cosmic minds. So, when we get stuck in this situation, right? which at least 80% of people are in, I I, I like to take them to the cash flow quadrant because to go anywhere in life on any journey, whether it's by car, by train, by plane, by foot, uh, you need to know where you're setting off from and you need to know where you're going. So everybody's on a journey, but nobody's got a clue really where they are in life. They just know they're not where they want to be. But they don't know where they want to be so how's this journey really going to work out when how, how are you going to make a map how are you going to make a route how to get there if you don't know where you are and you don't know where you want to go you're stranded you know so i think it's really important if people don't know where what they want from life it's important to have something right it's important to have something to to move you forward so this 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 is universal this'll this'll help everybody right because everybody goes for the for the for the money don't they um because generally it facilitates other uh other doings so so it's uh called the cash flow quadrant robert kiyosaki um rich dad poor dad the second book he touches it on it in the first book really the second book's all about the cash flow quadrant so okay for those so
0: watching the video because i don't think we're going to be posting the video be sure and just describe what you're
1: saying right okay we're ready so we've got a sheet of paper i've quartered it uh with a sharpie marker pen there's a plug for sharpie i'm not sponsored by them but i should be so we've basically quartered the paper and we've got in the top left hand corner we've got the letter e in the bottom left hand corner we've got the letter s in the top right hand corner we've got the letter B and in the bottom right hand corner we've got the letter I. So E, S, B and I. So the education system that we've all been through, our parents have been through, our grandparents have been through, was basically created during, through and to the end of the Second World War. They had to rebuild the countries and um, you know the, the, the education system we've got was Based on that, rebuilding the country and getting people to go and work in the factories to you know to boost industry. So it was the education system was paid for by the investors and the, sorry, I've jumped here because we're distracting. We're doing it by uh, uh, vocally right. So the E, I need to tell you what all the E, all the letters stand for. So E stands for employed. That means your job owns and controls you. S stands for self-employed. That means you own and control your job. It's the other way around. That's on the left-hand side of the quadrant. On the right-hand side of the quadrant, B, business owner. That means you own the system that makes you money, but you do not work in it. Otherwise, you would be an S, self-employed. If you work in your own business, then you haven't got a business. There's a lot of people kidding themselves that they've got a business out there. They haven't. The self-employed. It by their own company until they leave that job it is not a business so on the right side of the quadrant, business owner and then i stands for investor money makes you money basically so like i said the education system was designed at the end of the second world war paid for by the investors designed by the business owners to teach the peasants how to work to become an e in the business owners factories so that to 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 work for the right hand side of the quadrant so you get a job yeah sorry you get an education you do good at school i didn't but uh you get you get a good education you get good qualifications you get a job uh you go to work you get a car you get a girlfriend you get a pregnant you get married you get a house you get Another baby. You've got so many commitments. You are absolutely tied to this e job, employed. Some people have the balls to jump over and become self-employed. And there's a lot of people out there dreaming, and that's their big dream, you know. Like you know, the working and 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 the thing. You know, I could I could I could do this. There's a lot of people that should really go and do this, you know. Um, you you got to take that leap, you know. So. you've got to have that vision and you've got to set the goal and you've got to work out the plan and then you've got to act on it but you can jump from being an e to an s that's a natural progression and yeah you see you become an s and you're working really hard being an s and you do make more money being an s but you've got less time because you you work until you know look at the time that i was working till i was working three shifts in a row E's finish at five o'clock at night you know um so the the it doesn't matter what you do on the left-hand side of the quadrant. If you are exchanging your time for money, which is what you do on the left-hand side of the quadrant, what happens when you stop exchanging your time for money? Mm. The money stops. Mm-hmm. So because of that, by choosing, and believe me, it is a choice, by choosing to operate on the left-hand side of the quadrant, you will work for money until the day you die, and you will only just have enough because please do not rely on the pension system. You know? So you're doomed. On the left-hand side, you are doomed to work for money until the day you die or take a drop in lifestyle because of you. it's not, not working anymore. On the right-hand side of the quadrant, money comes to you in other ways. You do not work for it. People on the right-hand side of the quadrant say that people on the left-hand side of the quadrant, that is the most stupid way of making money there is. That's what they say. But they need the left-hand side of the quadrant to make the right-hand side of the quadrant work. But see that line that runs vertically up the middle between the the E and the S and the B and the I. That's uh, That's the magic spoon line. That's what like all the working class says. Oh, he was born with a magic spoon in his mouth. That's the lucky line. That's where everybody says on the left that everybody on the right, they must be lucky. You know, they've had rich parents, they've there's some, some things. you know, but nobody has got a clue past that. They don't know what people on the right hand side do. Everybody on the right knows what the people on the left do, but the people on the left don't haven't got a clue what the right do. Even if you go to Harvard. All the way through the education system, right the way up to Harvard, you could go on a business studies course and you're thinking that you're going to learn to run a business. That's what you would expect. But no, they teach you how to be an employee of somebody else's business. The education system will only ever teach you how to become an employee. So everybody's conditioned to be employees, right? Now, when you say to people, on the left-hand side of the quadrant, you work for money until the day you die, and on the right-hand side of the quadrant, you don't work for money. Money comes to you in other ways, in far greater sums and far easier than anything on the left-hand side of the quadrant, okay? I'm asking everybody that question. Which side do you want to be on? Mm. Because this starts to give people a plan. If, if, if someone says that I want to be an S uh, and, and I want to stay on the left-hand side, but I just want to do this business, then they've got something that, that's a start, you know. If they didn't have a start before before this, and then they decided that, they, you know, I really do want to be an S, then that's what they need to do next. So then now they need to make a plan. If someone decides that they want to be an investor and they're employed at the minute and they want to um, put some of the wage into investment, that's a choice, it's a conscious decision. All we are is a result of what we have thought. If you think that you want to become an investor and you make a plan on how you're going to do it, and then you take action on doing it, guess what? Some of your wages are now going to get start diverted into, you know, some sort of monetary banking scheme, or are you going to, you know, invest into a house? You're going to buy a second house and rent it out, or you're going to do something. It will inspire action. That thought will inspire action. If you want it bad enough, and obviously business owner, a system that makes you money. So everybody's capable of creating one of those all of this is just a choice you can choose where you operate you can be in one of the quadrants you can be in all four i'm in all four so you know some people are just on the right hand side some people are just in the i but most people are in the e and i think it's really important for people to realize that you're in a system which has been created to suppress your potential you know as uh, At least as a self-employed person, you start to understand business. You don't have a business, but you start to understand it. And then that starts to give you a little bit of confidence to be able to jump across to the B side. Once you've built up your workforce and you, you've, you've created leverage so that you don't have to uh, do the, put the hours in to, to make the money.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, business owners use OPT, other people's time. That's what they use to make money. They don't use their time. They use other people's time. And investors use OPM, o- other people's money. They don't use their own money. They, they, they invest in a group of people together. They come up with an idea, a possibility of how they could make a huge chunk of money if everybody jumped on. And then they sell that vision to a group of people who also want to make money investment, possibly people who are in the E area of the quadrant, and they'll, the, the eyes will go to the E's and they'll say, right, you're an E. You make shit money, but you've got a little bit spare. Do you want to make big books on the right-hand side of the quadrant? And that's what the E's do. That they, they, they'll, they'll speak to B's, they'll speak to S's, they'll speak to I's, and, and, and they'll get them to invest into their ideas. So where do people want to be? Do you want to own a business? Do you want to travel the world? Do you want to be an investor? Do you want to have loads of properties? Um, do you want to uh, be self-employed and just build something that you, you, you know, you're passionate about? Like whether it's wood or houses or, or or train sets, you know, model trains. People could be self-employed painting model trains for wealthy investors that can't be asked to paint the trains and haven't got the time. All of this exists. You could just got to choose what you want. You really do just have to choose what you want. And a, a lot of it, as well, is like I say, thought. Stop observing. Stop observing what what is. Stop observing your job. Stop observing the mediocre people around you, because the chances are the, the people are surrounded by a lot of mediocre people that are dragging them down. And they just look at them and they think, oh well, like I'll, I just want to be like him because he's bought his own house. They're not like looking at people like I want to be like him because he's just created a solar flipping farm in Nigeria. You know, dream. Allow yourself to dream. Allow yourself to be a child. Just be stupid with, you know, like, just fantasize, goal-storming, massive, massive thing. Once, once I've took someone through the cash flow quadrant, the, most people, some people will say, ah, I like my job, I want to stay on the left-hand side. I really couldn't be asked with that right-hand side stuff. But most people will turn around and tell me they want to be on the right-hand side of the quadrant, and they know they're on the left. So instantly they've got a journey to make. They know that they've got got direction. They need to go from the left to the right. Um, They know that they're in a job and they know that they want to become an investor or a business owner. Um, And that then leads them to thinking, well, hang on a minute, if I really want to be a business owner, what business would I have? And then start thinking about it. So run a goal-storming session on, on on what business, what skills that you might have or what contacts you might have, what friends you've got that have got businesses that you could emulate, what businesses do you respect, you know, what businessmen have inspired you, what uh, inventions have turned into, you know, a, a, a massive thing. Remember the year that them little, I don't know whether it happened in America, but in, in England there was, you know, these little fold-up metal scooters, the little aluminium scooters. Mm-hmm. Just for kids, you know, like kids' toys, it's like all of a sudden that just went absolutely massive in England. And apparently it was a, a, a teenager, a 14-year-old boy, who had seen one on eBay and thought, oh, I really want one. In fact, my mates would want one too. So, like, he got his dad to do, like, a group buy or something, bought five or something, sold them straight on, and then, like, ordered more. And before you knew it, honest mate, the, there was... Hundreds of thousands of them in this country. It just went wow. absolutely viral. I don't think we've seen a toy as such go 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 so viral. Well, there and, was the um, uh, you know the news. Yeah, yeah, but like this, this, this was yeah. This was kind of yeah. Fidget spinner <laughs> was, uh, was a ting, wasn't it? Definitely. <laughs>
0: yeah, that was all a um, The thing
1: fidget spinner. <laughs> but again, you know, like some literally that just shows you how shit. You can be at something and still succeed. Yeah, you don't have to come up with something absolutely. You can make something shit. They're pretty shit. It's they were designed to use up old skateboard bearings. There's that there's a mass supply of like skateboard wheel bearings, hundreds of thousands of them sitting in stock. But you know they're in all sorts of different stuff as well. But those are the same sizes. Uh, the bearings out to skateboard wheels and and yeah, I think it was just a way to get rid of a load of them. Really, someone was sat saying, "What can we do with these bearings?" And thought, Let's the thought, just stuck his stick him in a thing and make it spin round. And that guy made an absolute fortune. Now, what happened was he had a stupid idea. He had just this vision. He was maybe maybe pissed, but when he when he woke up, he, he wrote a plan. You know, he thought it was a good enough idea to follow through, and he wrote a plan, and then he acted on that plan. And I don't know who the guy was, but I can guarantee he's a millionaire or an idiot, one of the two. You know, because if he's not a millionaire, like, well, something went wrong, you know, like, but he, he should be a very rich man.
0: Oh, absolutely. And that's, uh, it's, it's hilarious to me, right? Like, but it's exactly that. Take and I bet, he, I,
1: bet, I bet he never thought, yeah, and I bet he never thought, ever, 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 ever thought he wanted to be a fidget spinner maker. <laughs> he didn't plan to, say to do that. I'm sure, so, like, I'm sure
0: he's gonna remain anonymous because he's probably getting vet threads if he knew who he was.
1: <laughs> Well well, this is the thing as well, right? Back to follow your bliss and doors will open where there were only walls. So someone realizes that they're an E and they decide that they want to become a B. And they then have a bit of a you know goal storming session, they start thinking about it and they come up with a little idea but it fails, you know, it's, 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 it's no good. But now they know that the, 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 are starting to follow their bliss, you know, they know that they enjoyed the hunt, the, the chase, the creating something by themselves, the independence that they felt, the sense of achievement, even though that they failed, you know, they're, they're, and, and they don't get knocked down the go, and I'm not having this. And they get back up again and they try again. Right. Now this is where the doors open, where there were only walls. Mm. That guy failed or that, that woman failed but she got up and kept on believing in a passion and didn't give up on it. And another door opened, you know, and that's, that's how it happens. Another opportunity will come along and and, and it might not be the guy who created the fidget spinners. He might've really wanted to start a business, but didn't have a clue how to do it. He might've failed several times over. He might've never really thought that the fidget spinner would take off, but, because he he wanted to be successful so much that the universe cut him a break and introduced him to someone who knew what to do with that and how to market it. He maybe had invented that four years before it had happened and he he didn't have the right emotional connection to it. He didn't believe it enough. He didn't want it enough. Mm -hmm. Well, if he needed someone to come into his life to market that product, which is probably what happened, it, it wouldn't have it have happened unless he was being grateful for it happening, unless he was visualising it, unless he'd, if, if, if he'd lost the joy inside, if he'd lost the vision, it's almost going to happen. You know, if it happened at all, it would happen by accident. But when you don't give up on the vision and you, 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 you keep yourself excited and don't listen to the people who are putting you down, you know, and just, just hold on to your vision, then someone, something will come along and completely change the game. Mm. And it happens. It ha- I mean, I'm talking about any of the stuff that I've, you know, like, it's huge with all this, you know. But I've seen it happen over and over again. But, like, in fact, you, you, you brought up your photography and, you know, at first you wanted to be a photographer and then you moved on to this and that and the other. But before yeah right well at, while you were moving on your transitional sort of stage you created these the the your pack of cards moments of inspiration mm-hmm. from your photography so you took your photography and you didn't know what to do with it and you, you know you were trying to work out how to take it to market how to market and you came up with an absolutely fantastic idea that you would have never had unless you thought how am i going to take my pictures to a, a new market you know
0: absolutely um, you know i think that yeah. comes back to always planting seeds and some mm-hmm. seeds will cultivate within a few days some seeds will cultivate in a few years even a few decades but like i have so just just for those listening i have this card deck that i created from all of my photography from all of my travels around the world and i turned it into this motivational card deck and yeah it took me eight years i was working on this project and finally i just it was like i don't know like 20 something countries i've been to or something at this point point. and i just created this card deck to send it out into the world and this thing has been everywhere it used to be sold exclusively at tony robbins events for a while now you can get them off of my website like really they're gifts more from my close friends now than anything else but about you never know where the ripple effects from some of these seeds that you plant go out into the world and become, and what they grow into. You know?
1: Yeah. So, uh, I think, well, uh, yeah, I think I've told you I sometimes use them for tattoo consultations.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember you used to call yeah. me and be like, oh, pick yeah. a card. people? <laughs> yeah. That's great. So I think we went through a lot. On this episode. I think that we have covered a lot of bases and went through a lot of topics. And honestly, I felt like we could probably go another hour. Like (laughs) we're probably good,
1: you know what it's like.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But that's great. So that means we can save that for a future episode. So I think with the cash flow quadrant, every week I give the listeners an assignment to our, our little tribe that we're cultivating here. We're all doing things together to grow, and I think the cash flow quadrants are a good exercise for we want to do this. Week. And see if you can Google it. We'll put some show notes around it in the on the website, and you can go on there and look up the cash flow quadrant and see what section you fall in and where would you like to fall and sit down there and have a vision and be open and playful and childlike. And allow to unfold what needs to unfold and just start taking control of your life. Um, But Rich, I love having you on the show. I think it brings a very awesome dynamic. And obviously, you and I, you know, we've sat down and talked for several hours on end, many a night, with probably some cannabis involved. (laughs) And, you know, it's, it's great to have you on the show. And I look forward to having you on the next one. You know, I think this is uh, going into the entrepreneurial and implementing the law of attraction is very important for everyone to be doing in their life. And what a simple thing. Everything I need is within my reach. Like I keep that written on my whiteboard next to my bed so that I can always remember that I need is within my reach. So thanks for having um to be my guest on the show and to everyone else, I will see you, you on the next one.
1: Cheers, Raj. Bye everyone.